Good morning, everyone. It's good to see you this morning, get to worship together in the house of the Lord. My name is Amy Winkle. I'm the rector here at Emmanuel, and I'm just so glad that we get to, to be together and open, open God's words together. Um, I will mention, too, that I believe Allison Keene has king, has, um, uh, king cake as well um, at our Coffee and Connect today. So getting ready for Lent, Shrove Tuesday, all the things. We're just doing it all this morning, so hope y'all are ready. All right, um, as, uh, as John Michael mentioned, this is our last Sunday of Epiphany, and so we're um, going to be rounding out um, our time in Mark 1, actually. It just kind of so happens that way. So um, let's turn and, and read from Mark 1 this morning, and then we'll pray and, and jump into the text. And I, actually, I'm just going to back up two verses just to give us a little context. So it says, he, Jesus answered his disciples, let us go on into neighboring towns so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. And then this is um, starting in verse 40. A leper came to him, begging him and kneeling. He said to him, if you choose, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I do choose, be made clean. Immediately, the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. After sternly warning him, he sent him away at once, saying to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded, as a testimony to them. But he went out and began to proclaim it freely and to spread the word, so that Jesus could no longer go into a town openly, but stayed out in the country. And people came to him from every quarter. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. <clears throat> Lord, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for being able to worship together. We thank you, God, for this season of Epiphany in which we um, celebrate you being made known to the nations. And so, God, we pray that in this time, as we sit in the text together, that you would be made, be made no, known among us, God, within our hearts and in our lives, Lord, in very real and tangible ways, in such ways, Lord, that we are forever changed. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's kind of recap uh, where we've been so far in Mark 1. So Mark 1 starts with John the Baptist coming on the scene. That then moves into Jesus coming on the scene and being baptized by John. And then Jesus going out into the wilderness um, and, and going through his temptation. Then Jesus comes to Galilee to begin his ministry. And in that, he calls the first disciples and then we see him um, going about and starting to actually do these, these wonders, these uh, miracles throughout, throughout the land. So we see him cast out a demon in Capernaum. We saw, talked last week about he heal, how he heals Simon's mother and then goes on to heal others in that time. And at this point, Jesus' main activity um, 
are te- is teaching in the synagogues, healing and casting out demons. Like that, like Mark just kind of rolls it all. I mean, it's funny. He like throws it all into one sentence, you know, just like over and over and over again. And so what we're seeing is kind of this momentum building as Mark continues to tell us about Jesus' ministry, how Jesus' popularity is growing, how people are coming and seek, see, seeking him out, coming to find him. And it kind of keeps going and going and going. So we get to our passage for today, and what we see is a leper coming to Jesus, and he, he is begging and kneeling before Jesus, and he says to him, if you choose, you can make me clean. And Mark tells us then that Jesus hears what the leper says, and he's moved with compassion or pity, and he responds to him and says, I do choose, be made clean. And then Jesus warns him not to tell anybody. This is his first time that he does this with a person in Mark's gospel, but he does it continually throughout Mark's gospel. But instead, he tells him to go and show the priest and to follow the ritual of a person who has been cleansed. But as we read, the leper doesn't do that, at least not right away. But instead, he goes out spreading the news about Jesus. So we have two main people in this passage, and that's what I want us to focus on this morning as we, we continue to, to kind of unpack it. We have the leper and we have Jesus. They're the, they're the two main folks that we see here. So first, let's take, talk about the leper. What is it that we know about him? We can tell that he is desperate. He comes to Jesus begging and kneeling before him. And his request is, you can make me clean. Now notice that he doesn't ask Jesus to make him well or, to, or even to make him whole. He doesn't ask him to heal him. Instead, he asks him to be made clean. Why? His disease may not necessarily be debilitating or even fatal, In Leviticus 13, we see kind of like the different types of skin diseases that could have been called leprous that may not just be what we consider leprosy today, but could have been a a whole various um, types of skin diseases that that may or may not have had like, you know, differing levels of um, debilitation. But what we do know about these particular diseases is when, when a person is deemed unclean by the priest, they are then pushed to the margins of society because they are considered unclean and therefore can't be around the rest of the, of the, of the, um, the, the folks. So in Leviticus 13, 45 and 46, it describes then the, li- the life of these lepers, the life of these who have been deemed unclean. It says, the person who has the leper's disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head become disheveled and he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. So once a leper is deemed unclean by the priest, they can no longer engage normally in community. They lose their connection with their family and with others. They are isolated. This is the reality for the leper. And so when we see him coming to Jesus and begging and kneeling and say, if you choose, you can make me clean. We hear what he's asking Jesus, right? And he comes to him with a statement, not a question. 
a statement of fact. You can make me clean. I wonder what the leper has seen or heard about Jesus up to this point that has made him say this. What other healings or um, exorcisms has he seen or heard about that um, Jesus doing that has made him confident in Jesus' ability to make him clean? He's desperate and therefore pinning his hopes on Jesus knowing that Jesus can help him. Now let's turn our attention to Jesus for a moment. Jesus' response to the leper is to be moved with compassion and pity. He sees his desperation and he takes pity on him. He knows what it costs the leper to approach him when he's supposed to stay distant. For the leper to come that close to Jesus means that he was breaking the rules. And so Jesus' response to him then is to break the rules as well. And what we see Jesus do is stretch his hand out and touch him. This is scandalous for a religious leader or rabbi to do because that means now he would be deemed unclean as well. The interesting part, too, is that it's not even necessary for Jesus to touch him, that Jesus could just speak a word and make him clean, and yet Jesus, is, Jesus chooses to cross boundaries as the leper has crossed boundaries. He touches him and he says, I do choose, be made clean. And the leper is healed, made clean, and made whole. Now, as Mark is recounting this encounter to us, I wonder what he's trying to tell us about Jesus. In the Old Testament, there was not a specific group of people who were called out as healers as there may have been in other people groups of the day. There weren't like shamans or the like, like where there was some kind of office that was held of like people who were known to be healers. We know there were priests and that they, um, they had the right to, ca to call something clean or unclean. And we know that prophets from time to time would actually carry out healing, but that wasn't the main point of their, of their office. Their office was meant to speak the word of the Lord. Instead, what we see time and time and time again throughout the whole t Old Testament story is Yahweh himself being called the healer. Yahweh is the healer. We see it in the Old Testament passage that we read earlier about Naaman coming to Elijah, the prophet, to be healed of leprosy. Let's go back there for a moment and, and look at it again. We see Naaman, this commander of an army, um, who's not an Israelite, by the way, who has leprosy and is trying to find a way to be healed. And this servant girl from Israel who then says, like, I know where you can go. There's a prophet in Israel that you can go to. And so he goes, but he goes first to the king of Israel, not to the prophet, but to the king. And he brings a letter to the king of Israel that read, when, when this letter reaches you, know that I have sent to you my servant Naaman, that you may cure him of leprosy. Do you hear that? So he's gone to the king and is asking to be cured. And what does the king respond? The king said, he tears his clothes and he says, am I God? to give death or life, that this man sends word to me to cure a man of his leprosy? Do you hear that? He says, no, no, I don't have the power to heal. It's God who has the power to heal, not me. And so then Elisha the prophet hears about this and says, okay, well, send him to me. 
And so um, Naaman goes then to Elisha. But Elisha never even comes out to him himself. He doesn't interact with him at all. He sends somebody and tells Naaman, go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River and you'll be made clean. And after some resistance, um, he does go and he washes himself. And he says, immediately, he says, then he returned to the man of God, he and all his company, he came and stood before him and he said, what? Now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. There's no God in all the earth except for Israel. Yahweh is the healer. That's what Naaman says. And so we see in this text this idea of Yahweh. It is Yahweh who is the healer. And so if it is the God of Israel who heals someone from leprosy, then here in Mark, we can hear again the reverberations from the words of Naaman. There's no God in all the earth except in Israel. The leper here in Mark could say the same thing. And the reality is that God has shown up on the scene in Jesus. And he has healing in his wings. The kingdom of God is breaking in. But I want us to step back for a minute and and think again about what the leper asked for. The healing that we see here is not just about the physical, but also about the social and the total well-being. It's about shalom or peace. Shalom meaning well-being like the totality of the person. Healing in the Bible touches the whole person. There wasn't a distinction for, the, for physical illness that was, that was stood outside of the social or the spiritual well-being. The Old Testament refers to healing of sins as well as healing of bodies. And being made clean means that the person is able to participate in society once again. All of these are important, and all of these are wrapped up in Yahweh as healer, are met by Yahweh as healer. So it's not a surprise then when we see uh, Jesus touching and healing in all of these ways. We can think about it throughout the Gospels, right? Sometimes he's healing a person and saying, and oh, by the way, your sins are being forgiven. In this situation, he's saying, you have been made clean, So not only is he healing his physical body, but also healing his social malady. This idea that he is separated from the rest of his society. I think that he was coming to Jesus, the leper was coming to Jesus because he did want physical healing. But I wonder if his cry to Jesus was deeper than just that. I wonder if maybe what was more important to him is that he didn't want to be alone anymore. Maybe his desperation was really about his loneliness and his isolation. And so I think about where we find ourselves today. And I wonder if our cry to Jesus could be similar to the leper's. Sure, we may not be outcasts who can't interact with others because of a physical condition. But all of us have had a moment of feeling alone or isolated, even when we're surrounded by other people. 
even when we're plugged in digitally 24-7. We can have a network of close friends and we can still feel alone. We can have a loving and caring spouse and still, still feel lonely. We can be a parent who's surrounded by our kids all day and still not feel connected to other human beings. Feeling alone is not the same as being alone. Do you hear that? We can be alone and feel fine. We can also be surrounded by people and feel very much alone. And, that's, and I think that's why the former sur sur Surgeon General found when he declared loneliness as a national health epidemic. Do you hear that? A national health epidemic. To say that being alone has effects on not just like our emotional health, but our physical health as well. They're all entwined. This is what the scripture is telling us. That we can't just bifurcate these things and say, oh, this, this doesn't affect this. It does. They affect each other. For many of us, I think when we feel alone or lonely, we feel stuck, and then we don't know what to do about it. And then I think what happens, too, is like there's a sense of shame that comes with it. If I feel lonely or if I'm alone, maybe there's something wrong with me. And maybe that's because at some point in our life, someone has spoken unclean over us. We've heard words or ex had experiences that have made us feel isolated, rejected, and we're not sure if we're really worthy to not be alone. We're not sure that we can really reach out and ask to be included, ask to be brought in. And if that's you, if you feel stuck, if you're like, I just feel lonely sometimes and I don't know what to do about it, would you be willing to take the steps of the leper and go to the feet of Jesus? If you somehow feel unclean because of the things that have been spoken over you, because of rejection that you may have faced that makes you feel alone, would you be willing to follow the steps of the leper and go to the feet of Jesus? Because, folks, he's the one who can heal us. He is the healer. We can surround ourselves with people all day and still feel that gnawing sense of loneliness and being unseen. And yet he can see you. And he can heal you. He can look on us with compassion and say, yes, I do desire to make you clean. Right to Jesus' feet. He can see us, he can know us, and he can heal us. And I wonder about the people in our lives, too, who we are watching going through a sense of loneliness. Are there folks around you that you can just look at or that you know? And you look at them and you think, man, I wish I could help them. 
and we can by we can reach out and know them and, and try to reach out to them, but sometimes but there's just still that gnawing sense within them that needs to go to Jesus. Because the reality is he is the healer. I remind us kind of as David did last week about what it is about Jesus that just blows it all out of the water. Is that he is a healer who understands what what the sickness really is. Who's experienced it himself. We hear the words in Isaiah 53. The prophet who gives us a picture and, and kind of like foretells what Jesus is going to walk through. That he's going to go into the depths of loneliness and rejection to bring us healing. So Isaiah 53 says this. He was despised and rejected by others. A man of suffering and acquainted with infirmity. And as one from whom others hide their faces, he was despised, despised and we held him of no account. But surely he has borne our infirmities and he has carried our diseases. Yet we accounted him stricken, struck down by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the punishment that made us whole. Do you hear that? Whole, shalom, peace. And by his bruises, we were healed. He is the healer. Let us come to him. In Jesus' name, amen. It's been a great blessing to be able to pray over vocations during Epiphany and for all vocations, if we, whether we have specifically prayed or not, we know that in each one, we just pray that each one, that, that Jesus would um, be part of, of what we do in our day, day-to-day lives, that he would just embolden us, that he would fill us with his spirit, that we might be faithful as we walk out our vocations from day-to-day. So I just say bless you over all of our vocations this morning. Um, remember that we have Coffee and Connect coming up. There's goodies out there to enjoy. And then we look forward to seeing you all on Ash Wednesday. Amen. Have a good day.